Now, 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 not to start this episode ragging on English people again, but, but Jesus Christ, lads, you've done it again. You've done it again. This we it's actually English we media. shouldn't be recording it today because why? I've rarely been this annoyed about something to do with sport. You flushed your cheeks. Jesus are flushed. Christ! Yeah. So the Irish female soccer team, come on, you girls in green, uh, just qualified for the Women's World Cup. Phenomenal, phenomenal achievement. Mm-hmm. Singing songs in the dressing room afterwards, they sing an Irish rebel song that is a reference to the IRA in it. Somebody on Sky Sports, I'd like to slam this man's head off the table and drown, it. drown him in the river outside. Yeah. Uh, said, do you think they should be, do you think this highlights a lack of education? Well, my God, lads, look at the 40 million people living on your sh- of an island whoa yeah. you can't say that I just did no you can't say that there's no way of editing that out you can't uh, say that anyway you actually said, can't say that do you think do you think that shows a lack of education if anything the UK is a person, lovely place the working in Sky, Sky Sports mm-hmm. displayed their lack of education she's saying that do you want to apologise and like I suppose one song is the same as 800 years like 800 years of Pouring hot tar over people's heads and setting it on fire. Yeah. That's the same thing, Garf, isn't it? Tearing people's fingernails out. There was a point where they tore someone's fingernails out and then they put a grenade in his mouth and took it behind the truck and it exploded. And that was in 1920s. Yeah. So, like, it's the it's same, the same thing. thing. It's the same it's thing. It's the same thing. So, for uh, if for people who, a lot of people listening to this don't understand because there's a lot of different countries listening to this. So, the IRA is the Irish Republican Army post... 1916 in Ireland post arising there was a militia group who fought a guerrilla warfare against the English Ireland during the occupation of Ireland led by a gentleman known Michael Collins this went on for a couple of years then there was another civil war during Ireland when we got most of the country back but still other country is still Northern Ireland six counties are still under the UK governance they're considered part of UK it's considered its own country, part of the UK. The IRA officially ended post our civil war, post actually our independence war. Then the civil war happened. Then the IRA was officially disbanded. Uh, it became just the regular army. Yeah. It became part of the, technically just the Irish government. There would have been dissident Republicans who have continued the campaign since the 1920s technically up until modern day there's currently a quote-unquote ceasefire since <clears throat> the late 80s and since there's been a lot of there wasn't a lot there is a lot of terrorist actions by this group yeah uh, they they're technically a terrorist group they're essentially an organised crime ring now. Yeah. You know, like... What just, they are now isn't what they were originally. Yeah, it's very different things. Um, there's... The problem with that as well is there's a lot of different people calling themselves the IRA throughout yeah, yeah, history. Yeah. Uh, there's people who call themselves the real IRA. There's there's other groups yeah. that would have just referred to themselves as the IRA. And they would have... At some points, they bombed in London, uh, Manchester... I think it was Manchester. They tried yeah. to kill Margaret Thatcher. Uh, there was a hotel they bombed. Uh, and there was a lot of bombings up north in Northern Ireland. Yeah. And British people 
throughout that time would have just considered them terrorists uh, due to the nature of their actions. Mm-hmm. You know, they would have been considering doing stuff to provoke a political response. Uh, it's up to ye people to decide what line they want to decide ah, yeah, they're yeah, on yeah. and that, you know. Uh, but that's singing that IRA song would be the equivalent in British people's eyes, wrongly so, uh, of someone going to America and singing for example, an Al-Qaeda chant or something that yes. going to France and singing a, an ISIS chant in, in their eyes. That's what the kind of hullabaloo about this is. You know what the thing is, though? Like, so... Sorry, it, trying to condense a hundred and something years of... Well, nearly a thousand years of history into, like... If you're... So, if you go to an international rugby match, right, and they'll play the two national anthems before each game, right? Mm-hmm. In our case, they'll play actually three national anthems because they'll play two national anthems for Ireland. Because... Uh, Ireland play under a unified thing of Northern Ireland and Ireland so um, they'll play the Irish National Anthem and then they'll play Ireland's Call but most of those songs are songs about regaining control of your country like the Irish one that's mm-hmm. all it's about Around the yeah, yeah. Uh, like that's all that National Anthem is about the American one that's all that National Anthem is about most National Anthems are about Republican type movements gaining control of their country again and so right I get it the IRA one is it's deeply hurtful and problematic in this day and age because of what the IRA has become now mm-hmm. and because of in the last 40 years what it became but where do you draw the line is it if it's within the last 100 years yes because people died back then too. Yes. Like oh, in Iran, the yeah. and stuff that's getting outlined there, people died there as well. Mm-hmm. English people died there. Yeah. Uh, where Where is that line? Because you can go to Twickenham and you can sing that song in Twickenham. They'll play it with a big brass band in front of you. Mm-hmm. That's not a problem. But according to the simpleton with a double digit IQ and possibly single digit IQ on Sky Sports... Uh, according to him it's a problem for them to sing that in the privacy of their own dressing room yeah like the other thing this comes this is aside from that fact comes down to cameras and changing rooms Mm -hmm. and I get it they're a national they are national female soccer team right they represent you they represent me and when they're in public they have a something to be like a standard to uphold right they're what my niece would hope to play on if my niece wanted to play for her country in soccer, right? Yeah. In public situations, they have a standard to uphold. That's not a public situation. Like, you can't walk into that room and start taking a video of them because there's a problem there. People are getting changed. Like, Mm -hmm. they're in a change room and it comes down to the thing of, like, how is that video... How is showing that video on national TV? Granted, that video got spread around on WhatsApp groups and that's undoubtedly how it got leaked. But how can you then go and show that video where are people changing? It's a changing room. You can go and show that online when it's not, that that's not a public Mm -hmm. place where you should have been taking a video anyway. The other thing in relation to this, so they weren't singing this song from a cultural aspect where they were trying to no. insult English people so a lot of those players would be similar ages to us and as we were growing up and kind of people older than us as well would have grown up with a lot of these songs as part of the culture of growing up so there's obviously there's traditional Irish music which are 
generally poems made into traditional Irish music by people like the the Dubliners or the Wolfstones mm-hmm. or maybe pre that they would have sung these poems in such as ways that they're like trad music is what we'd call them now and then there is this other bit of not quite trad music but it is certainly culturally Irish music is militaristic rebel songs rebel songs is what they're called and a lot of them are, are very good songs and some of them are associated with different things like ooh uh, up the rise generally associated with football is very routinely <laughs> yeah absolutely it, it, it's a, a cultural thing for them to sing you know I, so they're not singing this from the point of view where they're trying to insult british people it's simply just a lot of things we would have grown up with those songs are quite popular if you go to any bar that's not a traditional tourist bar in ireland at some point there's at least <laughs> 20 pubs in the country playing a rebel song yeah at any one moment probably throughout the day either on a radio or a live band yeah it, if you go to the right pubs they're played very routinely and now depending on the person there's certain people in that pub who are singing that with a tear in their eye and a beret in their back pocket and then there's other people who are singing it because it's part of kind of what they grew up yeah. with and this is similar to what these young women would have <clears> grown <throat> up with and that's why they're singing it as a form of celebration rather than an act of colonial defiance. What I'd also like to see, Garth, is the same Sky Sports news coverage mm-hmm. of, uh, you might remember this, the last World Cup, right, where football was coming home. Go on. You might remember that. They, they all they all thought football, oh, okay, yeah, football yeah, yeah. was coming home. Oh, I do, I remember Football those. actually got lost on the way home, yeah, apparently. Right. Yeah. Something happened. Right. Um, football was coming home, and a chance that English soccer fans like to use in relation to Germany, is two world wars and one world cup, right? Okay. In, like, referencing war immediately again. Yeah. That they're fighting against. Now, that's a world war, right? Yeah. It's a slightly different thing. Uh, it's sanctioned war against someone else. But then again, do you think that those English sports fans or English soccer team might in fact need an increased education just to educate them around the horrors of war? I don't know. I don't think so, Gary. Yeah. I think it, that's just as dumb and airheaded a question Yes, as what was asked yesterday. It, the I wonder, though, in relation to that Sky News reporter, you know? Yeah. I'd wonder, is he purposely playing dumb? Like, is he purposely playing that up? Or is he, does that genuinely what he believes, you know, is that, is that really his viewpoint? That's what I was wondering about those things. Yeah. You know? Is he going for a soundbite? There's a lot in the last few years um, of, not last years, definitely since COVID has been a big thing right. of like people questioning all of the media. It used to be a thing pre-COVID where it was like Alex Jones kind of thing, people questioning newspapers and most people would have said that you could trust most Western or national media or yeah. In places that were not former communist republics or Soviet republics or something like that, you know, most places, maybe that's even too generalized, like most countries, national medias would have been trusted or, yeah. or general, like recognized institutions. I'm not saying they should have been trusted for, for anyone wondering, but most people would have trusted them, you know? Yes. But since COVID, there's been just a general acceptance that they're reporting on certain things by previous institutions that you would have trusted aren't correct and uh, a big one that was made obvious to me 
literally in the last week, which was very interesting. I feel like I'm sounding like conspiracy theorist now, but it's becoming <laughs> kind of the trend, which is very interesting. Like I find out for you talking about it, but there's even there's a website that's getting really popular where it's like shows where me where the media comes from and what side of the left or right thing they lean, you know. Okay. And that's a lot of like American politics infecting yes. the rest of the world. But so Bolsonaro is the president of Brazil. I can remember when he got elected. I remember the article when he got stabbed on the campaign yes. trail. So he got stabbed somewhere in the lower abdomen while he was on someone's shoulders. I literally remember it happening while I was at work. I was reading the article. He subsequently rose in popularity after that, became the president of Brazil. Yeah. And ever since then, he has gotten horrendous representation. He's gotten the same representation that... Uh, Xi Jinping of China would get or Putin is getting now like he's truly uh, a, a despot leader he's a super conservative militaristic just absolute tyrant of the country ruining the country the big thing people are pushing was that he reinitiated parts of the Amazon to be cut down changed logging rights and allowed more mining and stuff you know which may in one case be something that is wrong or whatever mm. wrong whatever you want to put it uh, I, would, I would call that wrong in my opinion but so it's, it's up to people but terrible representation in the media across all of them yeah the media we see here the media we see here yeah so obviously being involved in Brazilian jiu-jitsu you end up meeting a lot of Brazilians and literally in the last week one of them was at home during summer for a couple of weeks and they were telling us about we've asked some other people now yeah we're also from Brazil and they said their country is drastically changed in so the last it, years. It's literally said it's a different place. They said it's so much better. Like, One of those people went home, went back to Brazil before he came with his girlfriend who was coming to make sure yeah. it was safe. Yeah, literally, because he said he used to be able to walk from the bus station to his house. Mm-hmm. It's like 600 metres in this small town. He used to be able to do that because he said you very likely you'd get robbed. They were there in 2018 and saw someone shot on the street. Mm-hmm. And they were just like, just keep walking, don't look at it. Like, he's gone back now four years later and it's a completely different country. One person we're talking to is still living there. Mm-hmm. We're just chatting to him and he was like, yeah, it's so much better. The big thing for me is there's videos of the prisons in Brazil when it was elect or when it was announced that the other guy was doing really well. Mm-hmm. Like they're redoing the vote or something. It was announced to the prisons and the prisons were going crazy. Because the guy is literally, so this super left-leaning guy is saying like, Oh, it's no big deal, you know. Like, if a teenager comes and puts a gun in your mouth, steals your phone in your wallet, it's no big deal. He's just going to sell the phone and go drink you with it. Just leave him off. They have nothing to do. So, and, yeah. sorry, sorry to cut across you. This guy was literally convicted two months ago of corruption. Like, not not to make this about Brazilian politics, but it's an example of something that I was really, not rattled by that, rattled's too strong a word, but really intrigued by yeah. how the actual representation of what was happening in the country in compared to what the media were showing. It was so interesting because I wouldn't have been on the side where I'm like, oh, of course, media, like the, like places like, I don't know, The Guardian, yes. BBC News. Heavily left-leaning. All of those would have been fairly objective in the representation of what was going on or the way they're presenting things. But it turns out the truth from that is massively different. Crazy. I was genuinely really interested when I heard that. Cause I was yeah, like, holy yeah, yeah. shit, this is so different from the what was presented so consistently over a number of years. Yeah. Now, I don't know if this is an intentional thing for many of those places. Some I people d- might say it is. Some people might say it's not. It might be just a lens with Jay viewing things through. Yeah. It's in, did you listen to Yan 
the guy started Rolling Stone. He was on Rogan last week. No, I, I listened a little bit, but not much. So Rolling Stone is like left-leaning, mm-hmm. like undoubtedly left-leaning. Uh, it's changed hands since then, but like the old Rolling Stone, when he was under, it was heavily left-leaning. He, he was naming the interviews that he'd done with the presidents of the US, like it was only with leftist president, like uh, democratic presidents, you know, like only with them, not with the others. Uh, and it's just, it's so interesting to hear like, no, no, I, I wouldn't interview him because you wouldn't get the truth. Like he was talking about interviewing Bush Jr. Mm-hmm. And uh, and why that interview wasn't done. He's like, oh, I wouldn't get the truth. But he, he'll interview all the Democrats. Like, okay. Uh, and I think it's like our media here is definitely like left of center, just left of center, I'd mm-hmm. say. Um, we're, we're very centrist in our politics in general, but I think definitely left leaning uh, if you were to put a, a flavor on it. But I was talking to another jiu-jitsu friend who's from Poland, and she was saying the Polish media is, is saying all the good stuff about Bolsonaro. So the Polish media isn't the left-leaning side okay, of it. Conservative, yeah. yeah, it's interesting, you know. The In Ireland, like people on average are really apolitical, yeah. especially as the generations go on. So prior to, say the last century or in the last century prior to our current generation a lot of people would have been generationally political so a lot of people if their family was a certain political party they would then be that party themselves through just desire not to be ostracized from the family almost (laughs) in some scenarios not all families like that but somewhere like that a lot of people just had to get on with it and didn't have time for politics and it's kind of a similar trend now people are not so much everyone's very aware of the state of the current <laughs> politics and the economy and the world situation but nobody's most people the vast majority of people involved aren't coming at it from a political party's viewpoint most people are just concerned with the state of affairs and things you know uh, because we've had two political parties which have essentially shared power at one point or another have been in power since the beginning of the the, the state in 1923 so we're coming to nearly 100 years more or less They've shared powers. There's been there's is and has been coalitions, but by and large, these two political parties have been back and forth uh, throughout the years. And the thing is, it's been like that for so long that in Ireland, most people have never, we've never been in a situation where you you could get behind someone else. No. Recently, though, there has been a political party heavily related to the IRA. Uh, and it's unfortunate that that is kind of the option we're left at the moment is a lot of people are saying, well, it can't get worse. Which Unf- it can. Unfortunately, it can get so much worse. <laughs> it can get a lot worse. It's interesting that like that initial political divide, I think so many people are apolitical, say in our parents' generation, because the generation before that, like literally houses would have been split apart. Mm-hmm. Like whether you're pro-treaty or anti-treaty, you know, if you're Fine Gael or Fianna yes. like, brothers not talking to each other well brothers are killing each other during the civil war yeah yeah like that's i think that's probably why the previous generation was so apolitical and why we are as well because nobody wants that again the i think another thing irish people tend to be really good at is going on a case-by-case basis Mm -hmm. like we won't really do the thing of like oh fina gale say this is what i should think on this referendum and i'll go and do that like people tend to make their own decisions and they'll go and vote with their own heads at those referendums. The It's just, um, 
it's weird because the starting situation we're in so we would have been during we would have been in secondary school so like school school during uh, people would call it high school in other countries whatever during the 2008 crisis we would have probably been had two at least two years left in school when that happened uh, so didn't really experience that and we might have been nearly adults at that stage but it yeah. didn't really impact our lives in terms of our day-to-day life it certainly impacted our decisions and based on what the grown-ups quote-unquote were telling us to do you know when we were making our decisions based on where to go to university a lot of people obviously would have seen their parents or relations or older people maybe losing jobs maybe losing houses or stuff but there are things happening to you and there's nothing you can really do about them so you kind of remove yourself in the way that teenagers do and maybe should do mm-hmm. is just not worry so much about it but this is the first kind of political crisis no world crisis we're in it's such a strange Absolutely, crisis yeah. it's it's like we're all inside in the house and the house <laughs> is on fire but we're still trying to go for a bat i feel like it's kind of the way things are going but then it's hard to know is it the fire that big is there any issue at all like it's a very strange situation i think we're in there in relation to just the kind of economic mm. not crisis but people have been saying the last year there's going to be a recession soon. There's going to be a recession. People yeah. keep saying it, you know. Especially in here, you run a business. People love telling you that. Yes. They're like... People love saying it. There'll be a recession. Things are going grand for you now, aren't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's a strange situation to be under, you know. Yeah. Like, you're, you're... I suppose I'm in a position where I have a house. I'm very yeah. lucky in that regard. And you're in a position where you're... No house. No house. And you're... You, yeah. It's hard to do. You think you, if we were in a different situation, would you have a house by now? I see. I don't know. I don't. We're think actually, you would. we were talking about this last night because we were talking about concussion. Yeah. And so, if I hadn't been concussed, I would have definitely stayed in engineering, and I wouldn't. I'd be in the North Sea or in the Middle East now. Mm-hmm. Hundred yeah. percent guaranteed fact. Unless I'd made so much money in my early and mid twenties that I was done by now. Yeah. But like that was the plan all along that I'd just go there, work like a dog for. 10 15 years and then come home and open a gym and not really have to work now i ended up going down the opposite route and <laughs> opening gym opening and really gym having to work and really having to work uh and now like this is phenomenal but mm-hmm. from that point of view like i just don't think i'd be in ireland like so i think in that case i wouldn't have a house you know because those lads who i went and did engineering with or uh the people who i know who kind of went into those areas are still just out there hustling mm-hmm. you know yeah. uh, also putting that kind of money if you don't own a business or if you're not buying or selling a business putting that kind of money for a deposit aside is non-trivial yeah it's um, but I'd like every generation too has issues you know yeah every 100% generation. this is the best time ever to be alive I absolutely think, of all absolutely for most countries obviously for some countries unless you're a Sky Sports News <laughs> presenter <laughs> like in which case obviously you're mentally deficient if you're in Ukraine there or something or completely you different. know in those areas. but as a general term on average for human beings to be alive this is a time where most diseases are called by people having too much food to eat yeah and too comfortability you know that's uh, yeah or a lot of a lot of chronic diseases caused by you doing so little so it's it's important to be like I think a lot of perspective on that so like I read way less news and pay way less attention to media. I didn't... Before I would have heard about that story, before you would have. Yeah. 
now I didn't even know what it was about until you mentioned to me and yeah, then yeah, I was yeah. like what the fuck like I don't uh, I really pay very little attention to most media I think at the moment um, yes most things I have when I have free time to pay attention to something that's unrelated to maybe my hobbies would be like history is the main thing I look at now so if it's not related to training if it's not related to hunting if it's not related to maybe jiu-jitsu if it's not if if my media timer whatever my information is being filled yeah it's just all history now and stuff i i have way too much there's way too many fingers in different pies for me at the moment in terms of content Mm -hmm. because i've like shooting Mm -hmm. and hunting which for me are two different things if i'm consuming content that those two different things it's different yeah uh jujitsu is a massive one at the moment like in terms of watching and listening to things just information there's so much information out there that i'm not i'm not consuming fast enough then cooking is definitely another oh big my God, one I forgot about cooking. and then making and fixing things yes yes and sorry and then sport in general which i'll always watch my anytime i look at making and fixing things media is when right before i'm doing this when i need some I'm like, Fuck, when you wrong? can't get the headlamp out it's so handy for car stuff. Oh my god! So, jeez, I, I, I have to say this one thing. Yeah, Toyota Hilux. Yeah, is the best car in the world to have if you're looking up videos for how to fix it. Well, my my brother is a mechanic or was mechanic. He's yeah, a, a different kind of mechanic now. He's a mechanic for mechanical trees, aka windmills. <laughs> but even the points where I'll be helping, which I fix them to my car, or whatever, and we'll look at a YouTube just yeah. to see if someone else has done it because there's so many specific cases, you know, random things. Have you a Volkswagen Golf? Sorry, golf it's one of the be... weirdest cars. There's the amount of things that go wrong because so many people had the car. Yes. Or have the car. A lot less people have golfs now in terms of the model I have, like Mark V. But the amount of really strange things that go wrong. But I'll tell you this there, fixing them is so satisfying. So there's this thing where the doors don't open from the outside, <laughs> which was happening on three of my four doors. Thank God it wasn't happening to the driver's door. Right. But the other doors where you had to take off the handle and the locking mechanism on the inside. And... I'd say an hour and a half one evening and the level of satisfaction when I got two of the three doors working yeah. was immense like it was just so satisfying because it's like a kind of a puzzle you can get these puzzles adults get them now where they send you a puzzle box and I was thinking you'd love these and it'll be it'll look like a coffee your your Yeti mug there right but it's actually a puzzle box and inside you have to figure out how to open it oh my god but it'll be impossibly unobvious yes to see how you'd open it i've actually seen some of those yeah some of those where you have to like you'd have to turn it upside down and spin it on the table and then the centrifugal force would move a pin yeah yeah, and then you can twist one part of it while it's still upside down yeah so pleasing the problem with those is though once you've done it it's over it's done they're the kind of things you need to go to a club or something yes where it's like a puzzle club and you're like like a book i got this new one do you want to try this one yeah and someone hands you you know the problem and with those clubs box yeah what is the other people who go you could never ever spend time with them yeah that's fair they definitely exist I bet you there's puzzle box clubs of course there is I'm surprised you've never done an escape room literally tried to book an escape room this week there's a Harry Potter themed escape room in Cork Darius, see the problem is right you like watching Harry Potter at Christmas I but there'll be questions on this love like, Harry Potter on page 4 of the Prisoner of Azkaban what was the second word no. like that's the thing I you, went don't, to f- you don't understand I told you about this I went to a Father Ted quiz before thinking yeah 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 I'd seen every episode of Father Ted twice thinking I'm sorted ready for this when we got in <laughs> to the quiz it was on a university at the time teams of four 
when the first question was like what is mrs doyle's first name i knew i was just <sighs> sitting there drinking pints by myself and the, the problem is my team knew the answers they were no all way. Like, they were into it like they were like i'd say i'd five point strength before i had any <laughs> any contribution to people and it was probably just to make a stupid comment yeah yeah, yeah i yeah. was just like oh i'm surely gonna know this and it's literally like um the fuck is going on my big fear with a an escape room is my somewhat toxic comp competitive nature i thought you were gonna say claustrophobia no no definitely not claustrophobic uh no i can I'm just a difficult enough person to spend time with if you're in a competitive environment and go away yeah I hadn't noticed that no <laughs> uh, yeah and I'd obviously be doing it with my missus yes and yeah that would if I felt yeah. if I felt like somebody wasn't pulling their weight mm -hmm. it would bother me you know and if you're there to have a nice time yeah and there is not having a nice time because he's not winning also how do you win like you get out yeah you get out like. but then the other people get out as well like how do you beat them it's called teamwork, you penis. Everyone gets out together. It's how teamwork, you share the victory. Is there like a leaderboard in the escape room so you know if you got out faster than anyone else? I assume there would be. I imagine escape yeah. rooms have those. Yeah. I think I think the real thrill is getting out in the first place. Okay. You know, and... Uh, but you know you're always going to get out. Like. No, I don't think a lot of people get out. I don't know. I don't think that's necessarily true. That, what, there was one in... But sorry, nobody's still stuck in an escape room. Well... There was one in Netherlands. There was a boat one and it went on fire, I think. It's, I think some people died. No fucking way. Google that. Have you handy access to your keyboard? Google <coughs> their escape room fire. I th I'm pretty sure it was in the Netherlands and I'm pretty sure people died. Might have been the UK. Escape room fire. Accident. Dead. Poland. Oh my God. Five, five teenagers, teenagers dead, dead. after fire in escape room in Poland. So, Holy shit. You know... That's not unserious. Like, that's five Jeez, people. that is grim. Tragically losing their life there in relation to... When was that, actually? Year was, oh, look, you're on The Guardian. Hmm. Um, this article is more than three years old. Yeah, so... There's the 19. So that's very sad, so... Yeah. I, like, I don't know how that came up in the subject. Um, anyway. Yeah. Are you uh, going to do the escape room? Absolutely, yeah. 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 How many is doing it? There's surely more than two of you. I've no idea. It's just if I'd it's just go on my own. To be honest. Surely it's not just the two of you doing it. Why not? We haven't booked it. Is it, do people usually go in more than twos? Usually people go in like teams of four or something. Oh no way! Yeah. Do you and Fanulu want to go? No. Maybe your Harry Potter knowledge isn't up to. I don't think my Harry Potter knowledge would be up to escape room, and I really like Harry Potter, and I know oh, Fanulu does as well. Into Harry Potter. No, no, I don't think it's. I don't think you're appreciating the amount of knowledge and facts you need to retain for this. I'm assuming. Right, we'll, we'll have it, a little catch like, up in a few weeks. If it's in a Harry Potter themed escape room where it's like very obvious puzzles that if you'd never saw Harry Potter before, you could escape the room, right? But what if it's a Harry Potter escape room where you have to have intricate knowledge of Harry Potter to escape but the room? I've literally travelled to a different country to go to the Harry Potter studios. Where's the Harry Potter studios? Outside London. Any good? Unbelievable. Is that the fake diagonality thing? It's amazing. Yeah. It's no, it looks so great. worth going to. But I don't, I still don't think you're appreciating if it's a Harry Potter themed room you which you need knowledge. I just don't think you're appreciating But wait. All the useless knowledge you need to retain. But wait. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine this like it's... Oh yes, my Coinbase account just got verified. <laughs> Imagine this is it's... Uh, Go on. A, an escape room themed with 
caliber is below 243 and all intricate knowledge on those that's what you need to think about this and is your level of knowledge on harry potter the same as that though do you think this well, is my level of knowledge on that's what i mean small boy calibers is that's the thing i think that's that's what i'm envisioning here is right. harry potter where you need that much knowledge and i just don't think your harry potter knowledge <laughs> okay is, i get I, yeah that's, do you know what i mean that, i do i, I understand think, there because i don't think uh if you were going to one of those escape rooms, I'd be like, Garf, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know whatever if you're going to, yeah. you know, no, I, like I, what's the NATO designation for 556 or something, you know? Yeah. What is it? I, that's actually a fucked up question because <gasps> NATO designation for 223 is 556. And here we are with our trivia. Yeah. trivia question. I'll go first. <laughs> okay. How many billionaires? I'm just going to say, right? Yeah, go on. You've had a very good chance of getting one of them because one of them direct right. is directly related to you. Right. You've no chance of getting one of them. The other one, I don't think you're ever going to get right. You won't get either of these right. Okay. To the nearest 200. <laughs> oh, fuck. How many billionaires is there in the world? That billionaires. Be- yeah, billionaires. With a B. Billionaires with a big B. B for Billy. Um. B for Bob. Billionaires. To the nearest 200. B, f- B for Beatrix. 500 and... 5,200. No. Go on. 3,311. Fuck it, I was close. Yeah, declined during COVID, but came back up again after. Jeez, I was so close there. Yeah. No, you weren't. Uh, just, you said 500, there's 3,000. I said 5,200. Oh, you're still wrong anyway. 5,200. Jeez, I'm not good at talking. Jesus Christ. Sky News you want to go to so Harry? Annoyed. You want to go to Harry Potter? Teams? Do you know what I'm going to do, actually? Yeah, go I'm going to get the audiobooks Harry Potter now. On my way home this evening, because I think it's Stephen Fry reads them. Mm-hmm. I love Stephen Fry so much. Uh, I don't always I enjoy Stephen Fry. I know Fry. you don't. He's a bit swarmy. I know. I'd almost go as far as say he's a cunt. Jesus, Owen. Yep, yep. there we go. Jesus. Go on, ask me your first trivia question. <clears throat> this is a dinger. Go on. Okay, I'm going to read out. I have a, li- a little bit of a you have to read prep it out. for this. Ah, sure, that's useless. No, this is, that's no this is adding to the... Adding to the, the, okay. One of the best makers of weightlifting shoes in the world, Adidas, right? Yes. Particularly the older styles, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The famous three stripes, right, from Adidas, yeah, came from two stripe. So Adidasler's brother had cleats that he was making, like football boots, right. He designed those with the two stripes going up along, say, running from the. The arch of your foot up to the the first metatarsal, right? Mm. So those two stripes of basically just stitching mm-hmm. were uh, like a trademark of the shoe. It's what made the cleats stronger. That two stripe model went to a three stripe model when Adi Dassler made Adidas because he wasn't just able to use like his family's thing. You know, he had to make use his one, the three stripe one. He was a Nazi. Possibly. He was. But well, no, anyway, when he was going out in his own, he wanted to trademark this. He couldn't just use the old one, right? So he was going to three stripes. Now, unfortunately for him, the three stripe model was already trademarked and owned by a Finnish sports brand called Kahru. Right. K A R H U. Didn't stop him, though. So he just went and bought the three stripe trademark of Kahru. Mm-hmm. How much did he buy that trademark for? Dollars, euro. Think about how much it's worth now. Dollars, euro. Anything. Finish. Just no. It, it was a bartering. Finish sticks. I don't know. Uh, 
$50. Two bottles of whiskey. No way. One of the most valuable trademarks in sports history. I feel like you'd be correct there, because two bottles of whiskey could cost approximately $50. <laughs> I'm going to talk that down as a one for one. No, not a fucking hope. Yeah, that absolutely. Uh, two, that's so interesting, isn't average it? Average bottle of whiskey, 20 euro. No, Probably average bottle of whiskey now would be like 29. Back then, though. Yeah, not far off. Back 15. then it would have been you like four shillings and two pence. You didn't give me a range either. You didn't even give me what? a What? Sorry, if I was give you a range and I said it, between one and ten whiskey bottles, how many bottles of whiskey? You could have calculated them into a monetary sum and give me a practice. Come on, give, it, me your, give me your question. Counting you for it inflation then. It's nil all. I've got one zero. Which, we're, we're on a tangent, we're on the same line of questioning here, okay? Okay. Which country per million people has the most billionaires. Oh, B fuck. For Russia. No. I'll give you another guess. You'll actually probably never think of this country as that. It's kind of obvious after. Not obvious after, but it makes sense after. But you'll never think of it. Never think of it. Uh, put away your phone, please. Sir. Is, wait, phone down, sir. Is there like a sovereign nation that's tiny within a country? Is Monaco a separate nation? Monaco's its own country, yeah. Monaco? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Monaco Yeah not it Continue uh, I'll give you one more guess Luxembourg No Hong Kong Oh yeah. That kind of makes sense But I would have sense. never I would have never guessed that Yeah Yeah they're fucked now Are they fucked? Yeah do you see Almost got involved as well With the Taipei thing Saying if there was like If they just went Became part of China It'd be all okay Oh no A lot of people You know what I was on Elon Musk's site For a while Okay I People were at him for a long time, and I was like, "Yeah, lads, but he's done some, a lot of things in the last few years." And I'm like, "Lads, you're actually the right." Putting babies in so many people is a massive one. Not through the traditional means, isn't it? No, he's just, just, he's just having affairs everywhere. Out, no, no, handing out samples. I think. No, I think he's just having affairs. No, 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 no. He's not. Ha- no, he's having affairs, but that's okay. not why he has all those kids. Oh no way! I think a lot of them are uh, IVF. I want to say okay. I don't want to say the other word in my head. Okay. Uh, my one, you should get this. Okay, go on. And I thought you'd, uh, it's fun, right? When someone gets one right every so often. You shoot a 2 4 3 win. Yes. For Winchestershire. Yeah. Uh, what's, if you were to measure your barrel diameter, what would that be in millimeters? My barrel diameter. Like what caliber in millimeters? So 0. 0.243 is 0.243 of an inch. Yeah. What would that be in millimeters? I don't know. Six mil. Six mil. So that's people who have all the flashy calibers like six mil BR, six yeah, dasher. Yeah, yeah. Joe Pete, who we watch from Impact Shooting, who's been on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, they love 6.5 Creedmore or whatever. Yeah, or six Creedmore or six BR. Mm-hmm. But realistically, most of them are just shooting a 243. Yeah. With a fancier neck. Great round. Neck. Unbelievable round. I think if I was to buy another, so I'll never buy a different deer rifle because I always only want to have one rifle. Mm-hmm. Now, I have one rifle that's actually three calibers, but they're all made the exact same. So it would go against my principles to have two deer rifles. But if I was to change caliber, if 25-06 never existed again, I'd just get a 243 again. We had um, a great hunt yesterday. Phenomenal hunt, yeah. Speaking of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu again, our Jiu-Jitsu professor has been at us for just about a year at this stage to go out hunting. And... Obviously, the season ended and it was hard to get time. Finally, we got a, one of his friends is over who's uh, training the gym with us for a little bit who also wanted to just see what it's like. Obviously, not them go hunting, but yeah, we they watched us go for a hunt, essentially. But we, we went to probably 
the best hunting in Ireland? I'm going to say, I'm going to say I, the I can't imagine best a place. patch of ground you could go hunting on in Ireland. I can't imagine a place where I prefer to go in Ireland. No, on hunting. the mountains, phenomenal scenery. O- open country. A density of deer on the ground unlike anything you will see anywhere. Very, it's a, it's my favourite type of hunting where it's, <laughs> you have to be really skilled at it, but it's also physically quite tough in terms of so i think we did about 10k yesterday on the mountain in probably a mile and a half squared area maybe more of a rectangle um stalking in it's like it's very difficult because there's absolutely no cover on the mountainside so there's literally there's zero the lowest cover or the highest cover you get might be a rock that's like half a meter up Mm -hmm. or brush that's like 20 centimeters above the ground if you want to get that low yeah so it's like seeing deer putting yourself in the right wind position, following them, moving in on them, which could take ages, and then for them to be like, wait a minute. Yeah. I can see you. Like that second stalk, so we shot a young buck in the morning that just happened to, like, the lads were up high. The three he stayed up high, we'd spotted a, a stag probably 850 metres away, and you were basically staying there because it was just open ground in between us and them. I was working down to get to like a head of land where I think I could have shot from, but we ranged afterwards and it would have been like a 450 meter shot. Mm-hmm. It would have been a long pull. Generous. Uh, yeah, I would have definitely gone for it because it was quite sh- sheltered there. Mm-hmm. We had longer shots on up higher later on that would have been completely undoable. But the as I was stalking down, a young buck ran out in front and then you just have to <laughs> yes yeah you've no choice so he saw us so we were kind of if you imagine there's kind of plateaus a cliff another plateau another mm-hmm. cliff of like series of like quite steep but very easy to traverse because it's not a, a sheer cliff it's like grass rocks and stuff so very easy for there making his way down we were on the highest one nearly a kilometer away from the stag mm-hmm. i was just watching him spotting him while there was moving in closer uh, the two friends were with us standing behind me while I was looking at him out of nowhere the younger buck ran out literally like magic as Sika stags or yeah, Sika yeah. animals are wont to do just appeared out of nowhere S- immediately saw us obviously because we're skylining against the sky we're standing up straight we're three humans which is very very hard to, m- to miss for animals skylined against the sky staring right at us and I had the binoculars against my face and our two friends were about to move and I was like don't move do not move i was like and he was staring at us so the problem is there's two things that could have happened was one he'd run away before i knew dar was either going to take a shot or let him run off so i was mm. i didn't know which one to do but it become very obvious what was going to happen as time went on so i was like you just can't move because the thing will happen is they'll look at you but if you're not moving it's very hard for them to process what's going on yeah they won't make a decision they'll know something odds there but they're not quite sure what's happening so i was like just don't move i was like don't move don't even don't even move your mouth to talk. Like, we just can't move anything. I couldn't yeah. even take the binoculars down from my face. Oh, 100%. That would have been enough movement for so, it to go. So I was watching us. 30 seconds of staring. Would run on, like, 20 meters. Yeah. Stared us again for, like, 30 seconds. I was like, lads, just don't move. I was like... And it was getting closer to you. So I was like, right. Dara's definitely going to shoot this. Because what would happen is... He'd see Dara run towards the other side and scare him away. Or mm. Seeker sometimes will whistle and just be like, Oh, fuck, it's people. Yeah. Oh, no, people. And then everything will run away in like a mile radius, basically. Yeah. So I was like, right, I think Dara's going to shoot this one. And then uh, it was just waiting for it to like, <laughs> you just, it's so, 
literally any kind of movement could have made him go. If he'd have been an older animal, oh, 100%. He would have been all over. Explaining that to one of the lads after it, it's like the only way mm-hmm. he stopped twice yeah. is uh, is just purely because it was a younger, immature stag. Yeah. Uh, and it, so as he was running out, I was like, oh, I'm just going to quickly pop this fella in the head as I want to do. Mm-hmm. Missed, <laughs> missed that shot. And he ran and just stopped like 10 meters further beyond. And I was like, oh, well, they'll just take a normal shot now. now. But got down to him within so we grolicked him on the hill within 10 minutes I'd say that lower stack had actually come out again yeah um, and was there and we were we worked down to him that didn't work out we then climbed to the top of the mountain we saw a lot of deer a lo- well a lot of deer is like 10 deer which is a lot of deer to see in the morning yeah I'd say in total I think I counted up yesterday it was just over 20 okay, okay. which first yeah. sorry for deer on the hill that's a massive amount so uh, the most ridiculous thing about Sika deer of all deer is that they'll just disappear. They melt. And they'll appear out of nowhere. <laughs> You'll literally be looking at a spot and you'll be like, there is no deer there. And then if you move up closer in that same spot, two deer will emerge. Yeah. And then slowly out of nowhere, four deer will emerge behind them. It's like a clown car. You know when the clowns get out yeah, of the car? Yeah, they just keep coming. Keep coming out of nowhere. And then you'll go look for them. And if you go out of sight for like a second, they will just disappear Gone. and in a way that doesn't make sense you'd be like there's no way they could have gotten out of here without me seeing them and no. they're just gone like yesterday when we were walking working down into that first stag right we sirs, we bumped a group of around five or six does and or like hinds and calves in front of us um, that stag obviously was in front of us all those animals were funneling down into this bowl and beyond the bowl was a flat piece of ground and a lake mm-hmm. and it's like you can see everything. You can see everything for two miles around. Yes. Yet you get down there and they're gone. <laughs> and, a, and not only was there a long bowl, but this bowl was a natural field. So there wasn't a farm field. Yes, there wasn't yeah, 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 a, yeah. a normal grassland. It was a natural native grass field. But completely, like, weirdly the size of a soccer pitch. Maybe yes. twice as big. Yeah. Maybe three or four times actually as big. Sorry, the reference is funny. And it just doesn't make sense that we couldn't see them walk through that. No. It just... It it makes no it's mind boggling and like we've been hunting for, you've been hunting for nearly a decade and I've been hunting way for way longer more probably fifteen years fifteen years yeah I've been hunting with you for five years at this stage yeah and it still blows my mind when deer just disappear <laughs> it makes sense in forestry when you see them run into a forestry you can't go in after them in some places it's fine but when you're out on open land and deer just go no the open land is way more frustrating do you know like the the horrocox thing in Harry Potter you know yeah. they grab onto something. Yeah. If that's what happens, I assume. Yeah. I assume it's just... And, like, Seekers, they're the size of a sheep, like a ram, you know? A bit taller with the yeah, neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But They're big animals, like... Yeah. They're not it's rabbits. Particularly the stags. Yeah. Like, the bigger stags, that stag we shot. Mm-hmm. So, the second animal we got was a nice six-point stag. Um, After, like, an hour of stalking into him, we got him. But they're big animals. Like, they're they're the size of a, a yearling foal. Mm-hmm near no sorry a bit smaller but they're big animals like a dressed out stag might be 50 kilos yeah a big one you know um without its innards in it but they just disappeared their coloring is so strange as well where you cannot see them like you cannot see their coloring yeah until their ass shows itself and then you move in or like the stags yes are jet black from wallowing but like the the Hinds and calves are so they're just they're visually slippery the 
it takes so long as well to get that visual acuity to see them uh and it takes a very long like so there's like native red stags which are incredibly easy to see like, yeah you, i was as we left the petrol station i literally looked up on the mountain and i saw a stag just standing on top of the mountain yeah. they're the easiest thing to see they're the size of small horses yeah they're huge animals they're bright red and co- well they're kind of dark red now but they'll get they'll be a little bit brighter but they're the easiest thing to see in the world fallow deer then are kind of brown in color are on, reasonably on the open hill fallow are really difficult to spot yes or in forestry really difficult to spot yeah in open fields that deer against the field is very easy to yeah. see yeah it's an animal in a field but a Sika <laughs> in the habitats there in Ireland is mind-blowing yeah. to see sometimes. Yeah. But once you learn where to see them, it, it's mad how your brain learns that. Cause it, yeah. it's, a, it's a strange thing because it, your brain's not at a developmental stage where you're learning like, nope. letters no, and shapes no, no, and no, stuff. No. Like, I'm looking at my own son where he's like, these toys that are black and white or bright red and black, you know? Okay. And he can focus in on them and it's really interesting. Like, grown men and you're it's very interesting that you can learn those associations and it's yeah. very interesting that you can your brain knows you want to learn those associations 100 percent. like it's interesting that there's no, it's so interesting and it's and it makes sense in some ways because obviously hunting would be something that would be innately very beneficial for your brain to think we need to learn but it's so interesting how your brain can match up that visual acuity your eyes are part of your brain essentially yeah there are like some of them some brain experts brainologists you might say brain mechanics Neural. Neural experts, experts, neurologists, they would consider the brain and your eyes essentially the same mm. thing, you know, and it's very interesting that you can, it's so interesting that you can just make them part of the thing you want to see, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, and it's 100%. Not, like you can look at, you see things every day that you don't take any notice yeah. of, but why is it deer then that you associate, like that's so... I don't know. I'd love to know why because the same thing, Like the same thing happens with seeing like trout in the river. Okay. You can look at that, you could look at that river every single day for your life and you'd never see a trout. Yes. And then you start looking for trout. Yeah. And you're like, oh, there's fish everywhere. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The the crazy thing with the deer is, and particularly for us, because they're living like in the middle of, so the red deer Gareth is talking about are, are the most protected animal on the island. Mm-hmm. The red deer in that county, right? In yeah. County Kerry, if you shoot a red deer, you're in big trouble. It's the only non-hybridized population of red deer in the continent of Europe. And it's the only pure red deer we have in Ireland. So, all the other red deer in Ireland, there's some sort of mix between an introduced animal or maybe a wild population that were hybridized or a wild population that had farmed red deer put into them through escapees, right? So this particular herd of red deer really, really protected. But for us, we're in between some of the best seeker ground in the country, like the seeker deer, and the best fallow ground in the country. Mm-hmm. And the thing of like the visual thing of really honing in on this is what a Sika is and like even throughout the day yesterday as we're going and gradually the shapes like you just pop it out more you know like that was my first time Sika stalking this year mm-hmm. uh, but I've been I've definitely done 15 or 20 outings for Fallow when I go back to Fallow now first 15 minutes first two groups of deer I see yeah. I guarantee you I'll miss you'd yeah. be like well I'd be like scanning across my binoculars and then geez, geez, that's a, oh, that is what a deer looks like and it's so frustrating what's really interesting is sheep will <laughs> highlight the presence of a seeker deer even if the seeker deer was in the exact same spot yeah. you wouldn't see it but the contrast of a sheep being like within 10 feet of them 
Somehow makes your brain go, holy shit. I, I don't know, is your eye drawn in because of the sheep? Yeah, yeah. And is it like a direct reference point on the hill where... Because yes. it definitely happens if you've a group of sheep and then you've like two deer in the outskirts. It definitely happens where you, you spot those deer faster. Yeah, you definitely do the contrast. Or is it because the sheep are moving, your eye is drawn to it, and then because of that movement and, and your eye being drawn in there, you look around? I think what's really interesting in... in Ireland, I suppose. So if you're in Kerry and reds see you, red stags, you can get within two feet of. You <laughs> could probably feed them. Fuck. They don't care. <laughs> if you see CK will look at you for a long time. And if they feel like you're doing something that's not a danger to them for a while, mm. they'll seem to leave you alone for a little bit. Whereas if fallow deer see you, no. it's just like. F- so that's the big difference between CK and fallow is their visual acuity. So I'm not sure in their actual thing. So all deer any scent of human it's gone completely mm-hmm. gone that's the thing any scent gone with a fallow as long as a fallow can see you it's not happy but if you disappear a fallow is pretty happy right so if you're standing in a forestry ride and you see a fallow is looking at you it looks away for a second and you just tuck into the side you can run up along the side there as long as it can't see you and it's happy mm-hmm. a seeker is only happy when it can see you so if a seeker like has you copped mm-hmm. and it's looking at you and you disappear, it'll go. Like it's more worried because it can't see you. Yeah. And I don't like it, it must just be something to do with how much they rely on their eyes, but like if a seeker can't see you anymore, it's freaked. I wonder is it something to do with the animals that would have been hunting them? So seeker are Asian related, so it would have been obviously bears as well, but a lot of uh big cats would have been hunting seeker. So I wonder is something to do with ambush tactics as opposed could, could to well hit on charges so like fallow would have been attacked by wolves and bears so a lot of that would be straight on mm. tactics you know whereas obviously big cats are prone for ambushing so if I suppose for a seeker's point of view if something's disappeared it means it's prone it could be super close so it's going to kill you Yeah. so it's your time to get the fuck out of here whereas at fallow it could be it's safer to see where you are Yes. before making a decision where to go maybe absolutely I don't know it's interesting and then raids are just like no now Reds are just like, I am the king. Oh man, if you're in like some of the <laughs> attractions in, in Kerry. If you go to the golf course in Clarity, you oh, can man. drive in there and you will see some of the best stags you you can see in the world. I'm like vaguely annoyed <laughs> with how close I am. And they're just kind of looking at you, just chewing, you know, and just they staring just at you. They don't care. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. I like, I've played golf in Clarity a good few times and it's, particularly if you're playing badly, right? If you're playing well on yeah. that course you're like oh this is great you get to see the deer they're like they're standing right there it's cool it's a nice like entertainment piece right mm-hmm. if you're playing badly you're like you little prick yeah my the best sport i play is killing you <laughs> <laughs> and here i am today playing the sport i'm terrible at yeah yeah no, oh my god no there it is there's something almost rage inducing almost yes. about seeing red deer up really close to you and it's this they know that they no one's going to do anything to them mm. and I feel like they can sense if you do shoot there I feel like they know extra I feel like they're like mm-hmm. they can probably smell the death off you they're like this <laughs> just like mm-hmm. uh, right we better go thanks very much for listening to another shit talk podcast sorry about the start where it was like uber political and v- lads, we, we really want to to apologise for that Yeah, but I feel like we're weaning out a lot of the uh, yeah the people who may not want to listen to the podcast anyway you I don't know? think they're listening if they don't want to listen. <laughs> okay, thanks. <laughs>